Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Anytime you're in the Huntsville area, we hope you'll stop in and be part of our worship. Sunday morning worship is at 9 o'clock, with Bible class immediately following. Sunday evening worship is at 5. Midweek Bible study is held Wednesdays at 7. Good morning. Our scripture reading comes from Psalms 127, 3 through 5. I'll be reading for the New King James Version. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Good morning, church. Hope everybody had a good night's rest. I can tell you my kids did. As soon as their heads hit the pillow, it was lights out. Um, uh, like was like was said earlier, uh, I've been a police officer about 20 years, and in these lessons, I generally give um, some police stories. And I want you to know, for the most part, about 90% of it is true. And I don't say that because I'm telling you I'm a liar. Uh, I'm telling you that because somebody might watch this that was involved in the scenario that I might tell you about, and I don't want to embarrass them. I don't want their I don't want their secrecy to be out. I don't want to embarrass anybody. So just know um, some of it. Um, may not be entirely accurate, but I don't want y'all to think that I'm lying to you. Uh, i just do that just so I can keep everybody, uh, keep their privacy secure. Uh, go, uh, some of it just to keep it a little bit more entertaining for you. But for the most part, everything that I'm going to tell you today is true. <laughs> but if you hear something from a biblical stance and you, you think that might, not be, that might not be correct, or you have questions about something that, I, that I've said, uh, you can come, come see me, come talk to me. Uh, we'll, we'll try to figure it out, okay? Um, if you were born in the last 20 years, you're not going to have a clue what I'm about to tell you. It's going to be very confusing to you. In the early 2000s, a company named Altel, you know them as Verizon now, uh, they came out with a, a cell phone plan. And it was called the Pick Your Circle Plan. The idea was you could pick 5, 10, 20 people, no matter what carrier they had, and you could talk to them. Unlimited talk and unlimited text. That sounds really strange to us now, but back then, you couldn't just talk to anybody, right? You couldn't just, you couldn't uh, talk as much as you wanted to. You couldn't text as much as you wanted to. Y'all remember the days when texting cost about 30 cents a text? And you're laughing because some of y'all remember, you know, you only had so many anytime minutes. You couldn't just talk to anybody for as much as you wanted to. And those texts, it wasn't how many you sent. It was how many got sent to you. So it was 30 cents to send one, 30 cents you got one. Y'all remember getting those really big cell phone bills? I'll tell you, me, me, and, uh, me and my wife, we sent about 5,000 texts. Uh, I think that was our highest number. Let me tell you how mad my mom was. <laughs> Woo, that was an expensive bill. Yeah, you couldn't just talk to anybody. I remember one of my friends got a cell phone bill around $1,000. Uh, let me tell you, we had to work all summer. In, in his dad's little garden and pick, picking weeds out. That was an expensive bill to pay. But you couldn't just talk to anybody. So if you had this cell phone plan, it was very important who was in your circle. Because if you talked to somebody who was out of your circle, that plan didn't apply. 
And it, it, it got costly. I want you to understand something when we talk about cell phones and your life in general. Who's in your circle matters. You can't just be out there talking to anybody. I want to give you all some biblical references of people who had strong circles, who had these strong connections, with uh, these strong social connections, these strong family connections, and see if we can't pull something out of that. The first one's going to be found in Mark chapter, chapter 2. It's going to be starting at verse 1. It goes through uh, verse 12 if you're uh, taking notes. The idea here is Jesus uh, is in Peter's house, and he's preaching there, and there's some doctors and some lawyers in there, and you know they're trying to they're test him, but there's this huge crowd that has gathered at this house. And these people have heard about Jesus. They've heard the healing that's been going on. And they want, they want, to, they want to see this firsthand. But there's such a big crowd. It's, you know, there's not even room at the door for anybody else to get in. And these four friends bring a young man who was paralyzed. He had the palsy. And they couldn't get in. So what do they do? They go up on the roof. And they, cut off, they get a hole in the roof... And they lower him down to Jesus. And after a bit of talking back and forth with with the doctors in there, Jesus, seeing their faith, heals him. Who's in your circle matters. When you talk about your friends or your, um, your social connections, the people you follow on Instagram or on Facebook or on Twitter, whatever it is, your circle matters. If you want to filter out the devil, you need friends like that. You need people in your life who, when you can't walk, when you can't get up in the morning, when you are just going through that time, and y'all know what I'm talking about with those times, when you just don't even know what way's up, you need friends in your life who are going to carry you to Jesus. When you can't do it yourself, if you haven't been there yet, your time is coming. Statistically speaking, every three to five years, you are going to go through some type of catastrophe. If you haven't had one last three to five years, you're an overdue duck. It is coming, and you never know when it's going to come. So many times in our life, when tragedy strikes, now the new thing to do is look to these, look to the internet for answers. I saw an article yesterday on the, on the news. This new uh, artificial intelligence program called ChatGBT. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's like a super advanced Google. People are going on there and using that for therapy. And doctors are, he- are seeing some of the advice that they're giving, and they are using extreme caution. Do not use that. But so many people are doing that. They look to these influencers for the right answers. And we do that in life, don't we? We always go to the wrong source, uh, the wrong source looking for right answers. We see it in 2 Kings chapter 5. You remember the little maiden when she saw that Naaman had uh, leprosy? She said, would that my, ward, my Lord were, in, were with the prophet who was in Israel. Then he'd be healed. Who's Naaman go to? He goes to the king. The king doesn't have the power to do it. Only the prophet who was in Israel had that, had that ability. So many, so many people nowadays are looking to these influencers online. These social media influencers. Some of y'all might have heard some of them with the, uh, the Bud Light controversy going on. That, man, that guy has got millions of followers across several different platforms. People like that are going to be influencing your kid. They could be influencing you. You need people in your life who are going to carry you 
to Jesus, who care about your soul. They don't just care about how many times you click, how many times you comment, and push their algorithm so they can, get, they can reach more people. I'll tell you who mine was. And I don't say this just because she's in the room here and I need brownie points. Uh, mine was my wife. It still is my wife. And I'll give you an example. July 25th, 2009. Me and Lindsay had only been married for 364 days. It was the day before our one-year anniversary. I was working patrol, and a call, a call comes out of a wrong-way driver on I-95. That was bad news. So our section of I-95 is divided um, by a median probably about 50 feet wide. And there's trees all in there. You can't, you can't just drive on the wrong side of that road. You know, you have to get, you have to go down the wrong, wrong way on an exit to get there. So we go from me and my boss start heading that way. And, you know, we got the wee, wee, wee. We're going. This, a wrong way driver on 95 is never a good thing to hear. But before we get there, they call us and tell us he's gone, he's gone um, head on with another car on a blind curve. And we get there, and it's probably the worst scene I have ever seen in my life. It is still the worst. 14 years ago, this July, I can still remember it. I can remember the smells, the, the sounds, the scream. I can hear it all. And there was a young man in the van who the, the truck hit. His name was Dwight Spencer. He was a 19-year-old from Apopka, Florida. And I remember everything that he was wearing. And four people died at this wreck. Both drivers died. Um, the front passenger of the van that this guy hit died, and Dwight died. But Dwight didn't die in any kind of different way, really, but I was holding him when he died. Y'all, can, <laughs> can I tell y'all how much my world fell apart? I was mid-20s when that happened, and that was the most traumatic thing I've ever been through. And... I didn't know which way was up. But I had people in my life who were carrying me when that happened. And she's sitting right back there. We'd only been married for a year, y'all. And she was the one who got me through that. You need people in your life like that who are going to carry you to Jesus when you don't know which way's up. Your circle matters. Not just, you can't just have any friends in your life. You need those people who care about you. The, the influencers that you follow on social media, they might appreciate you liking their posts, but they do not care about your soul the way the church cares about you. If you look over at Exodus 17, uh, work. There we go. Exodus 17, you have a, an account here where Moses and Joshua are about to be in a battle with Amalek. Amalek's coming to make war on the children of Israel. And Moses tells Joshua, he says, hey, uh, you, go to, you pick out some good fighting men, and you go fight with Amalek. And then I'm going to go up on this hill, and I'm going to watch over that with the, the staff of God. And he goes, up on, he goes up onto the hill, and you remember he holds his arms up with the staff. As long as he keeps his hands up, Israel starts to prevail. But the moment he drops his arms down, Amalek begins to prevail. And he holds it up there for a while, but he can't do it on his own. 
You remember Aaron and her have to come up there and they literally stand beside him and they hold his arms up. And they put him, they had him sit down on a rock. And the text says that throughout the remainder of the day, they do this. And that's how the battle is won. Your circle matters. I don't know if you've ever tried to hold your arms up like that for very long. That gets very tiring. When I was on, when I was on the SWAT team, uh, we had a call out of a barricaded gunman. And so we get dressed up. I get all tactical looking. I got my turtle suit on. Uh, you know, I got the big, big vest. I got bullets everywhere. I got the little drop down thigh rig holster. I look cool. And I pull out my Daniel Defense MK uh, Mark 18. And I got this thing, a very lightweight rifle. And I look, I look cool. And so I take, I get a position up on the, um, around the, uh, fence that this guy has. And I'm just sitting there with my rifle aimed on the, aimed on the second story window. I have to stand there for an hour. Let me tell you, I was smoked doing that. I can't imagine having just to stand on the top of a mountain and hold your arms up all day. But he had people there who were supporting him. You need people in your life who will support you in your time. Your circle matters. If you want to filter out the devil, you got to make sure you got the right friends in place, that you have the right family in place. The church here is amazing at that. You have elders and deacons here who will care about you. Yesterday I had a, one of the slides up that said, if you have a pornography addiction, speak to the elders. They care about you that much that they want you to talk to them about that. They will hold you up. They will make sure you are resting on the rock. And together, whatever battle you got going on before you, that's how you win. You have to give them a chance. You have to give them a chance to help you. One of my friends called me one day. I was at work. And he said, John, I got a problem. I said, hit me with it. How bad, how bad could it be? And he says, um, my, I need you to go to you know, 123 Anywhere Street, whatever the address was. And he says, I need you to meet this guy there. I said, okay, what's going on? He said, I just found out that his father-in-law has been doing some really horrible things with his daughter. And I was like, uh-oh. I said, all right, okay, we, we can work through that. I said, tell him to meet me at the office. We'll talk to a detective, and we'll go from there. And he says, he ain't going to the office. He's going to that house, and when he gets there, if you're not there, he's killing that man. Ah. I said, all right, how big is he? Hopefully he's not like a big guy. He's like, oh, he's huge. Perfect. So me and, uh, me and my partner go there. And when I tell you this was a mountain of a man that showed up, 6'5", 275. He is a mountain of a man. He stays in the gym. He gets out of this tiny little Ford Ranger, and he slams the door. And I, I thought the door concaved. And he is... Big swole dude. And I'm like, okay, I can't let him kill his father-in-law. So I jump in front of him, and I try to talk this mountain of a man down. And I'll tell you, he is livid. He is hot. And he is cussing up a storm. He's, he's already throwing stuff around the yard. And it's everything I can do to get, stop him from going through that front door. And I'm trying to talk this man down. And he's, all he wants me to do is go in there and arrest him. If I don't arrest him right then, he's going to kill him, and he's going to kill me in the process. And I'm, I plead with him. I said, just give me a chance to work through this the right way. Because you going in there and killing him, it's going to hurt your family even more. Because you have more daughters at home that they need you. Let me do this the right way. Just give me a chance. And that's what, that's what got him to come down. We arrested his father-in-law the next day. But he gave me a chance. If you have something going on in your life, you have elders here who want you to go to heaven. 
Now, you might be one of the visitors from yesterday, and you don't have a clue what's going on with, with the church, and you want to learn more about that. There are people here who care about you, and they don't care what you got going on. We can work through it if you give us a chance to. What happens when you have the wrong people in your circle? You know how it is. You, you have the wrong friends. You chose the wrong friends. If you look over at First, uh, first Kings 12, you, ha- you have an account there of Rehoboam. You know, Rehoboam becomes the, the king of Israel, and the people come to him. They say, listen, we got, there were a lot of burdens put on us with your father. Said, Ease those burdens, and we'll serve you. And Rehoboam sends them away. He consults with the, with the older men. And they say, he's like, what, what, what do you think? He says, if you ease those burdens, those people will serve you. You should do it. He says, okay. They go away. Then he goes and talks to his friends, the guys he'd grown up with, the ones who were his friends. This, this was his circle. He talks to these young men. And he's like, nah, you need to make it harder. You need to push down on them, put the, put the thumb down on them. And Rehoboam said, I'm going to listen to them. You remember what happened? Kingdom split was never the same. Everything goes downhill after that. Not, not what God intended. Your circle matters. People in your life matter. You have to listen to the wise counsel. Your friends will tell you what you want to hear. You don't need those friends in your life. You need friends in your life who are going to tell you what you need to hear. When you're acting a fool, someone who's not afraid to hurt your feelings when you're doing something wrong. Those are your real friends. Your circle matters. So many times you'll listen to those influencers and they'll give you different, give you different bits of advice on how to, how to calm your life down. We had a, uh, we had a lady... Uh, who got involved with one of my former bosses, and everybody tried to tell him, this is not the girl for you. It is, she is not a good person for you. You have a great career. You have a great life. And she is going to drag you down. A few short years later, he is no longer employed. He's addicted to alcohol and to prescription pain pills. And he would become so depressed that he couldn't see a way out of it and he would take his own life. Two months after that, she would die of a heroin overdose. Your circle matters. Who you choose to be a part, who you choose to allow to be part of your life has profound impacts. I could sit here all day and tell you horror stories about people who came from great church families and now they're living under a bridge somewhere. Because they let the wrong people in their circle and influence their life. Your circle matters. If you want to filter out the devil in your life, you have to be extremely careful who you allow to influence you. And parents, this kind of falls on you a little bit. Again, kids are your responsibility. You have to investigate who your kids are friends with. You have to investigate who they're following on social media. You have to, you cannot just idly sit by and hope they're following the best people. I knew a young lady who grew up, mom and dad, faithful Christians. They attended every church service. Kids were at every single Bible study. They were at every single event. 
by all aspects, they were doing it right. You know, they were always here. But when I would go on her social media page and see who she was following, you could tell who was really starting to influence her. She was following people who did not care about her soul, who were throwing stuff out there that were going to negatively affect her soul. And when she became a teenager and could make her own decisions, she walked away. Now, I'm saying it was just the, the influencer's fault, but that's something you, gotta be, you have to look out for. Your circle matters. And you might be asking, I don't really have a circle. I don't really have people like that. Right? It's just me. And I say, you might just be a visitor here. And, you know, you, you, don't, have those, you don't have good influences in your life. I want to give you a biblical example of somebody who was in that exact predicament. And she's found in Genesis 29. If I asked you who Jacob's wife was, who would you say? Most people go Rachel. Everybody remembers Rachel. Because Jacob really loved Rachel. That wasn't his first wife. Everybody forgets who Leah was. Leah was Rachel's older sister. And you remember, you know the story, um, how Jacob goes to Uncle Laban, and they make this negotiation for Rachel, and he agrees to it, and then uh, comes to his part of the deal, and they have the wedding, he wakes up the next morning, and it's not Rachel who he wanted, it's Leah. So he's married now to Leah, he gets really upset, and he has to work another seven years for Rachel. Hey, in reading the account of Leah, there is nobody in the Bible I feel worse for. You try to put yourself in her shoes. She's getting kicked repeatedly. Her dad had to trick someone into marrying her. That's pretty bad. But not only that, every time she look at she looks Jacob in the eyes, you know who she think who he wishes was in her arms or in his arms? It's her sister. I don't know if you've ever felt like that before. You know, you with somebody, and you know when you look into their eyes, they're seeing somebody else. I feel so bad for her. The account keeps going about how God saw that she was hated. Jacob loved Rachel. He hated Leah. But as you continue reading on, as she starts having children with Jacob, she has a certain son that is super important in the biblical context. His name is Judah. And you know, who cares? She had Judah. If you go over to the uh, Matthew chapter 1 and you start reading the genealogies there, from Judah comes Christ. Without Judah, Jesus doesn't come. Now, you think of, think of Leah in the context. She's alone. Her husband doesn't love her. And no matter what she does, he does not want to be with her. He does not like her. He was tricked into marrying her. He never wanted to marry her in the first place. But I don't read in the account that she had anybody there as a support system. But she had one person in her life who was looking out for her. And he blessed her beyond a measure that I don't even think she comprehended. And that was God. I don't really think she can grasp how blessed she really was in spite of how many times life had kicked her in the teeth. From Leah comes Jesus. And you might be, like I said, you might just be a visitor here and you've never heard of this church. This whole church thing we got going on might be completely new to you. You might have just accidentally walked through the front door 
Might have been a visitor from yesterday uh, who came to the picnic, and you want, you're intrigued, and you know you got people in your life who are being a negative influence on you. You want to make that right. The church here would love nothing more for you to be a part of that circle. There are so many great people here who would love to help you. If you want a good, solid circle, you can find it right here. There are elders here. There are deacons here. There are great people here who would love nothing more than to help you. You want to start filtering out the devil in your life? This is a great place to start. You come here, you, you might know a thing about the Bible. That is fine. There are so many people here who would love to teach you the simple plan of how to become a Christian. They would love that. We would love that. You might, be, you, you might just have questions about something going on in your life. And you know that there's been people in your life as a Christian who have been negatively affecting your walk with Jesus. That you've been following the wrong people. You've been looking at the wrong stuff online. You've been doing things that you know you shouldn't be doing. And you want to be a part of this circle. You want to refill your circle with people in your life that are going to carry you to Jesus. Those people can be found right here. Jesus has already opened up a plan of salvation for you. For you to have access to this church. It was a very, very high cost he had to pay. But it was a cost that he paid so you didn't have to. You get unlimited talk and text in this plan. You can talk to as many people, as many elders as you would like to in this plan. Unlimited data. You can pray as much as you want to. God never gets tired of hearing you pray. Jesus already paid the price for it. You can have a new circle today before you walk out these doors. You might have something going on in your life. I am begging you, please make it right before you walk out those doors. And I can tell you so many horror stories about people who said, I'll do it tomorrow, and they never got it tomorrow. All the time we see it. So if there is something we can do to help you in your Christian walk, maybe you want to become, become a member of the church, we can show you how to do that. We can walk you through that process. If you can't walk, we'll carry you. That's what we're here for. That's what the church does. You want a new circle? This can be it. So if we can help you in any way, shape, or form, if you, have, if you want prayers of the church, we have elders here who would love to pray for you this morning. If we can do anything at all, I beg you, please make it right before you walk out those doors. So if we can help you in any way, shape, or form, we'd invite you to come as we stand and help you sing the invitation song. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word. If you would like to continue your study of New Testament Christianity, please send your name and address to World Bible School, West Huntsville Church of Christ, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Or if you prefer, send your name and address by email to wbs at westhuntsville.org.